Hello friends, I'm Colleen Orcanian and you're listening to Food for Thought, Spiritually Speaking, where we get to explore ways to have a more profound encounter with God. If you like what you hear, please share this with others or send me a message on my website at ColleenOrcanian.com. Now for today's episode called Christianity is a Team Sport. I heard that in a talk by Father Mike Schmitz and it gave me pause. The more I thought about it, the more I could see the truth in the statement. My walk of faith is not something I do alone. Never has been, never will be. Paul wrote in Hebrews 10.25 that we should not neglect coming together. Why? Well, here's the rest of the scripture passage. Quote, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. End quote. Paul is telling us that we need to come together so that we can be strengthened to love and to do good works, to encourage one another, to prepare for eternity. In so many places, Paul reminds us that we are the living stones of the church, the body of Christ, not alone, but together. So I pondered what Father Mike said about Christianity being a team sport. If we were to look at our journey of faith like we do being part of a a sports team, what might that mean? Well, I would train to be the best I can be. And that takes effort, a lot of it. First-class athletes devote a lot of time to training their bodies and minds to have physical strength and mental toughness. As a Christian, I train my body by caring for it as if it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which, of course, it is. I practice self-control and self-discipline or at least I try to. And I train my mind through prayer and study, learning about God and getting to know Him personally. By training my mind and body, I become a stronger warrior in God's army. Another thing I might do as a team member is encourage others to train so they too can be the best they can be. All teams have people who stand out as leaders Usually they excel in the sport, but that alone doesn't make them a leader. It's their ability to bring out the best in others, to make them the best they can be. As a member of the Christian team, I have a responsibility to do the same, to encourage others on their spiritual journey, to let them know that they too can have an encounter with Jesus, that they too can have a fruitful prayer life, that they too can persevere in difficult times. I might also, as a team member, celebrate when others have success, even if it means they shine more than I do. When someone has a turnover or a pick six in football, the whole team celebrates. A few years back, Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama. In the last game of the season, he was struggling and was replaced by Tua Tagovailoa. Tua won the game. I'm sure Jalen was disappointed in his own performance, but he celebrated with the team and he praised Tua for winning the game. A year later, the tables were turned. Tua had been the starting quarterback all season while Jalen was back up. In the final game, Tua was struggling and Jalen came in to replace him, winning the game. Both quarterbacks had the same experience a year apart 
and both responded in the same way, celebrating with the team even when they were benched. So let's apply that idea to our presence on the Christian team. Can we celebrate when someone else is making spiritual progress, even if we're not? Can we be gracious to another person who's recognized for something at church when we have not been recognized? Can we be grateful for the fruit another church is producing, even though that's not the church I'm attending? We as Christians should celebrate any time someone is drawn closer to God, even if we're benched at the time. As a team member, I would give fraternal correction. Now, lots of people like to correct others. Some even do it, they they seem to be experts at correcting, but not in a good way. But fraternal correction is done with love, brotherly or sisterly love. As Christians, maybe this means stopping gossip when we hear it or pointing out when someone's not living a good Christian witness. Sometimes as a spiritual director, I give fraternal correction. Someone might share a personal experience when they were offended, and I offer another way to see the situation. Correcting our brothers and sisters in a Christian way is important for a team. It's also important for team members to recognize the gifts of others, especially when that other person doesn't see their own value. My friend Margaret does this so well. She expresses her appreciation to people every day, letting them know what gifts she sees in them. At VBS this year, she wrote little notes of appreciation to give to each of the volunteers. She never hesitates to tell someone they are valued and appreciated. A good team member also defends their colleagues against attacks, especially spiritual attacks. Now, athletes get attacked all the time. I think you need to have a thick skin to deal with all the criticism, especially when you're in college or professional sports. But great athletes defend their team members even when they mess up. As members of the Christian team, we need to do the same. Every Christian faces spiritual attacks every single day. We need to stand up for them with prayer and fasting. We have to avoid taking the bait when someone criticizes a team member and we want to elevate ourselves because we, we didn't do what they did. We're called to strengthen our brothers and sisters in the faith. And a good team member shares wisely when they face challenges. Athletes have coaches for different things. They, there's a head coach, there's position coaches, there's a strength coaches and more. And each has their own specialty. If we are struggling in the spiritual life, we need an expert to help us out. Someone who can guide us through a particular spiritual stumbling block. If we keep our struggles a secret, we might waste precious time and delay resolving an issue. And finally, a good team member shows up for the game even when it doesn't matter to them personally. There was a college football bowl game that didn't matter to the team. It would not affect their final ranking because they were out of the playoffs. And often these days, the players that are going to the draft will opt out of playing the game because they don't need it. And there's always a risk of injury that might lessen their draft ranking. Last year, two very famous players, who ended up being drafted first and third, chose to play the bowl game. One of them said, We're the team leaders, and we've been telling others they need to do what's best for the team. We would be hypocrites if we didn't play. So they put the team above their own interests. 
Now let's apply that to the Christian team. Sometimes I may not be interested in a particular event at church, but I go anyway to support those who are there and those who planned it. I know people who attend something because it's a way to get a friend involved who would not go alone. Showing up is important. There are so many ways that we as Christians are called to be part of the team. I am my brother's keeper and my sister's keeper. They are my teammates. You are my teammates. We are all in this together. So let's strive to be the best team players we can be. And with that, let's consider a couple of questions to bring to prayer. Question one, in what ways have you taken a team approach to your faith? Who is on your team that's strengthening you and who are you strengthening? And question two, in what ways do you resist the idea of being on the team? What obstacles keep you from being a great team player? That's all our food for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. And may God bless you in just the way you need today.